We are in the final chapter of the book, Planning Your Life God's Way. I hope it has been a blessing to you. And now uh, we need to make sure we're putting it into practice and that we are applying, uh, applying our, uh, these principles to our lives. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things, remedy for past failure and being trapped in the past and how to get counsel, how to search the scriptures, uh, mastering the fundamentals and so forth. And uh, we come here to the conclusion, working toward a decision. And uh, we'll look at these last uh, uh, two chapters really together tonight. Uh, Psalm 39. Psalm 39 is where we'll begin as we are working toward a decision. Psalm 39 and verse 4. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity, Selah. Interesting couple of verses there. Lord, make me to know mine end. And we talked about this verse in the beginning of the series, and we're closing it out as well with this. Uh, why would the psalmist pray that? Uh, because if you know your end, if you know where you're going, and you're just living in light of that end goal, then it should help you with that which comes before. And I think too many people live their lives just with uh, whatever, quesera, <laughs> sarah, let come what may, uh, we'll do the best of it, uh, but we need to, as Christians, know that one day we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to give an account, and, and we want Him to be pleased with the decisions we made and uh, the way we lived our life for His glory. So, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. And then He says, Behold, Thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. You get the idea definitely that uh, he understands that in the scope of eternity, he is just uh, so small. And you know, folks, sometimes we think this world revolves around us. Many, many times we think that, uh, you know, things aren't happening the way I want them to happen and so forth. We need to back up and humble ourselves. You know, the, the way the book began, uh, if you remember, uh, the, Dr. Barry, who wrote the book, uh, talked about a man who planned his whole life out in 20-year increments and, uh, and uh, became a master of Hebrew and the Old Testament and so forth and worked that plan. And he did that because he looked at what has God called me to do and how am I going to get there. And he was very strategic in that. Uh, you know, I, I think it all starts with submitting your life to the Lord. If you want to plan your life God's way, if you want to know God's will for your life, it's going to start with surrender. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But let me just say, God hasn't called us to guesswork. God has not called us to guesswork, and I'm glad for that. Uh, you know, your life is pretty precious, and your family's lives to just guess, that, that, that does not sound like good stewardship. I think this is a good idea. Let's go for it. Hey, you know, let's roll the dice, you know, and see, see if this is God's will for our life. Let's try this. Let's try that. I, I, no, that's not 
necessary when you consider all of the tools that God has given to the individual to know uh, what we should do in moving forward. I am, uh, I'm fascinated by these guys who pick stocks and, uh, and uh, they, they have a 90% success rate and so forth. It's just like, how do they do this? And I, I have looked into it a little bit and these guys, uh, they've got all kinds of indicators, all kinds of software and algorithms and training and just uh, books and, and learning. And uh, they speak a whole different language, these fellas. And they have a pretty good success rate of knowing when things are going to go up or when it's going to go down. And even those guys don't get it all right, but they've got a lot of data and anybody, uh, anybody would, who knows anything about the stock market would tell you if your way of doing stocks is guesswork, <laughs> then guess what? <laughs> you're you're going to be broke. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to have some knowledge. You've got to have some skills. You've got to know how to apply that knowledge or else it's going to be absolutely uh, uh, terrible uh, results. The better the individual becomes in the Christian life with the tools, the fundamentals, the better we will be in, uh, in making wise, godly decisions that can help us and our families and our friends uh, on this, this life of pursuing God's will, having a God-led life. Uh, the book mentions finding God's will isn't a 12-step process. Wouldn't that be nice? You just say, we do this, 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 bang, and that's God's will. Uh, I love processes. I, I love just, just tell me what I got to do, go to A to Z, and I'll just I'll get work through that process. Uh, why hasn't God made it that way? I think it's fairly obvious. If it was just a twelve-step process, just follow the bouncing ball, we wouldn't need the Lord. We wouldn't grow closer to Him. It's the angst, it's the indecision, it's the, the uh, anxiety that we have sometimes that causes us to be desperate to cry out to God, God, I need an answer from you. I need direction from you. And we draw closer to him and we pray more and, and we, we read the Bible and we study and we search the scriptures. And this is a good thing and it builds our faith. This whole journey that we're talking about of planning your life God's way is a journey of faith. If you want to find God's will, you need to be willing to join in a journey with Him, a journey of faith. And this journey of faith starts with, as I mentioned before, surrendering your life, surrendering your dreams, your plans, your ambitions to the Lord daily. And so many of us were frustrated with our lives or, or not being able to get peace about a certain thing or direction or clear direction. And I think for many of us, not all the time, not going to broad brush, but many times it is that we made it more complicated because we're already biased a certain direction and we're trying to make it go a certain direction and God's not in it. And if we would just surrender, it, it, would, it would be the first step, a big step toward uh, God just taking us down the direction he wants us to go. It starts with surrendering your life, your dreams, your plans, and your ambitions to the Lord daily. Surrender. What is surrender all about? Uh, surrender, uh, sometimes it means surrendering, releasing to God good things. You know, we oftentimes think, uh, you know, I need to surrender bad things. 
but I can hang on to good things. Uh, God asked Abraham to surrender Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. That's a good thing. David had his heart set on building the temple. He even had the prophet of God named Nathan tell him, go for it. Do all that's in your heart. The Lord is with you. And then the Lord said, actually, no, I'm not. Tell him that he has to stop. His son is going to build the temple. Building the temple, I think anyone would say, would be a good thing. David had to surrender that to the Lord. And many of you here tonight, you can think of good things in your life that God asked you to surrender. To surrender to Him. And, and when we do that, it puts us in that place where He can lead us more readily. He can't lead you if you're all stiff, hanging on to whatever you want, your direction, your whatever. Surrender means surrendering control. We want to control our lives. We don't like it when things get out of order. God wants to be in control. Surrender control. It means uh, surrendering yourself to God's redirection. We've talked about this already in this series. Okay, God, I'll surrender to your will, but it has to be just like this. Don't redirect me. No, no, no. God, God can redirect you anywhere He wants the point is you serve him. You don't serve the call. The call is really ultimately to him. Sometimes when we surrender, we surrender to go somewhere. And sometimes we, when we surrender, we, we are surrendering to stay where we already are. It can be either one. But I believe on this journey of faith, that journey of faith is going to start with surrender. Okay, Lord, I'm going to walk with you by faith. I'm going to learn from you learn from your word by faith i'm going to trust you to lead and my hands are off i'm walking following you trusting you i am surrendered to you and i believe that god can lead that soul much easier than the one who is resisting at every turn we start with surrendering our life and then we continue by daily walking with the lord practicing the fundamentals this is review from the beginning of the book what were the fundamentals? Studying His Word. You're not going to get far in this journey of faith, planning your life God's way, if you're not studying His Word. Don't wait for somebody else to do it for you, mom, dad, or preacher, whoever. You need to know what His Word says. You need to know where to find uh, uh, th those key truths in the Word of God. Learn how to pray. You know, when you don't have an answer, the good thing about that is it can really help your prayer life. You can get really desperate with the Lord. Learn how to pray. Learn how to practice the presence of God. You know, it should not be that we only come running to God when there's some big, huge decision. No, live walking with Him. Practice the presence of God. And you'll be much more ready to hear from Him on the big decisions if you're already just seeking uh, His direction throughout the day. Seek Him throughout the day, not just for the big decisions. The big decisions will be easier if you're used to talking to Him about the little decisions throughout the day. And get used to just saying yes to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. What do you want me to do today? Yes, Lord. Who do you want me to talk to? Yes, Lord. And I'll tell you, when it comes to the big, huge job transfer or whatever decision you're facing, yes, Lord. 
I'm used to walking with you. I'm used to trusting you. I'm used to hearing from you. I am submitted and surrendered to you. Yes, Lord. It is a journey of faith. You've heard my testimony many times. You know, God led me from a pastor's home into Bible college, from the Bible college into uh, the call to preach. And I wasn't sure where all that would go uh, from, from Bible college. I, I worked for two years while we were first married, put myself and my wife, we were, we were through uh, a seminary. I was going to seminary, she was working. Uh, and then we, I don't know, somewhere in there, uh, my wife's church wanted us to come be on staff as assistant pastor. That was not what I thought I would be doing, but hey, who am I? I don't know, God might redirect or whatever. Uh, that was a big time of, of, of learning how to hear from God in that whole, in that whole uh, uh, opportunity. And of course, God closed that door and led us into evangelism. But all the way through, I've, I've had to learn how to hear from God. And evangelism opportunities came up. Uh, some yes, some no. Then the opportunity came up to leave evangelism and come here. And uh, that was a tough one. You've heard, you've heard me talk about that. That was a tough decision for me. But in this whole process, I'm glad that God didn't write it on the wall. First of all, the last time he wrote on the wall, everybody died. So I'm glad he didn't do that for me. Uh, but, you know, uh, he could have wrote it in the sky. He, he could have given me some dream or some vision. I'm glad it didn't work out that way because I grew closer to the Lord in every one of those instances by needing to draw closer to him, take some time, pray. My wife and I got, would always get closer as well as we're praying together on this journey. It's a journey of faith, not a quick decision. And anybody in here who is praying about something and you're just wanting some snap decision, that's not how this works. We're used to the Google mentality. You don't know what it is? Google it. Uh, you know, drive through is quick. Google's quick. Cell phones are quick. They're supposed to be or we're frustrated. And this is a journey. And we need to be okay with that. God wants to draw us closer. So if you don't have all the answers you're looking for, that's okay. Trust the Lord. I want to give you, uh, so um, uh, embrace the journey. Uh, was just what I was going to say there. Embrace the journey of faith. Now let's look at uh, this triangle, the, let's, the, the, the triangle of decision. In the book, uh, Dr. Barry talks about this triangle of decision that uh, uh, three aspects that come together to help you find God's will. And most of this is review, but let's, let's, let's go through it together. First of all, uh, ask yourself, what does God say about this decision? What does God have to say? There's so many verses, and God's going to lead you to verses that will directly apply to your situation. Here's just one that I thought, more general. Job 23, 11, My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I tell you, someone who can say that honestly about the Word of God is someone who's going to hear from God. What is your view of Scripture? Let's just start right there. I want a blessed life. I want a full life. I, want, I don't want to get off on some sidetrack. I want, to, I want the, God's best for me. Excellent, excellent. What's your view of God's Word? And how much time are you spending in it? And what do you know of it? 
And are you taking the time to let His Scriptures speak to you? You say, how does this work? You know, I'll tell you how it works for me. More often than not, I've got something on my heart. I've been praying about it maybe for a couple of days. And every time I open the Bible, it seems like it it just applies. You guys know this. You've had this happen too. You're reading through just your daily reading, going through the book of Jeremiah or whatever it is. And God is just catching your eye to certain passages that are applying to what you're dealing with. Sometimes he'll bring up something totally different. Sometimes you'll hear something being preached. And boy, I don't don't know how many times this has happened where somebody has come to me and said, Pastor, thank you so much for preaching on such and such. I said, now when did I preach on that? Well, last Sunday. I did? Oh, there was that verse. That's right. There was that verse. Oh, okay. In my mind, I didn't preach on that. I was preaching on something totally different, but... A verse came out, that kind of can happen once in a while. Some verse came out, the Lord was in, that God had for you, and that's all you got out of the whole thing, because that's where you were living. That's what you were thinking about when you came to the service, and boom, the Holy Spirit had a a message just for you. Why? Because your heart was inclined to His Word. You know, if you have a big decision to make, it is important for you to probably take out a piece of paper, take out your journal, start writing down the verses that God is speaking to you through and keep those in one place so you can go back and look at that. And as, as the evidence stacks up, so to speak, you can go back and look and see, here's how God's been talking to me along this journey of faith. I think this is what he's trying to tell me. So number one, the first angle in the triangle, what does God say? The second angle, what do others say? Now this does not mean put a pole out uh, necessarily. Uh, this is hearkening back to uh, earlier in the book, we were talking about getting counsel. And uh, in the book, he, he, makes a, he makes it clear, get counsel, and, he, and then he clarifies godly counsel in particular to help you with your decision. All right, uh, there can be all sorts of counsel that is not helpful and muddies the waters. We don't need that. The waters are usually muddy enough without that. So uh, get some, some counsel from other people. I, I want to read this uh, from the book. Talk to wise counselors. Seek help from those who are knowledgeable, especially in your area of decision. Consider strongly the spiritual advice of godly people in your life. I want to stop there for a minute. It said, that was a great point. Consider strongly the, the advice of godly people who are already in your life. Now, why would you prioritize people who are already in your life? Because that's where God put you and that's where God put them. There's no accidents. You, know, you don't need to fly to Tanzania to sit down with some amazing uh, you know, guru necessarily. I mean, maybe you do if it's some doctor for a specific medical treatment. Maybe that could be helpful. But uh, have you talked to the people that God has in your life? The ones who are praying for you. The ones who care about you. The ones who reach out to you when you're, you're down or you're absent or you're sick or whatever. Uh, the ones that you trust. It just makes sense that those folks would have more of a vested interest and also because they know you and love you, uh, they're pulling for you. It is so easy to just talk to somebody at work in the break room. What do you think I should do? Oh, I think you should do this. And they've forgotten about the whole thing in five minutes. They don't, they don't care. They don't know. Seek godly counsel and and start with the people who are in your life already and then uh 
Pray for wisdom concerning that. Being discerning about the information that you have received from these sources. Be humble enough to admit you're not an expert and do your due diligence to research and gather data and, and profit, profit from the expertise of others in the given field. And he, he puts it this way, build a runway of appropriate length for the decision at hand. Okay, sometimes you need a longer runway to get this thing off the ground. So number one, for, on the triangle of decision, what does God say? Number two, what do others say? And thirdly, it's not really a parallel question, but it, it works. Who are you? What does that mean? Who did God make you to be? This is reviewing all the way back to chapter one of the book. What does God say? What are others, counselors, people in your life saying? And maybe if you're a kid, you've, you're with parents. What are your parents saying? Um, but who are you? What is your mission? What is your passion? What are some of the God-given gifts? What are some of the God-given desires that he's already given you? You know, God will sometimes put things in your heart. Uh, and and uh, now there are things that we put in our heart as well. And then we want to blame God for it. No, God put this in my heart. Well, uh, you got to make sure that that's where counsel, counsel comes in. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? So you and I can't know our own heart. Sometimes it can be helpful to talk to other people because they can maybe see something that we can't see about ourselves. Or they can't see our heart either, but they can see some of the fruit that's coming out of our lives from our heart. Uh, so, so who are you? What has God made you to be? I want to read again from the book. This third angle is talking about who you are, God, your God-given mission, and how will this decision that you're praying about specifically uh, intersect with your mission in God's kingdom. You see, if God's made you to be something and directed you to be something and, and you look back in your life and you can see God connecting all of the dots, here it is. It's, it's taking shape. That looked like a detour and now I can see that wasn't a detour. That was part of the plan. And you look back and you say, wow, it's taking shape. I'm going a certain direction. Well, how does this next decision fit into that? And, uh, or, or are, you, are you getting ahead of the Lord or getting off base? Um, avoid anything that will fling your life into a wild tangent. Be sure you're making your decision out of a sense of, uh, that you're not making your, I'm sorry, be sure you're not making your decision out of a sense of discontentment over who you are or what you're doing or you're comparing yourself to somebody else. We need to make sure that we are being who God made us to be and not forgetting our purpose and our mission in this whole, uh, in this whole journey of faith. He writes, finally, make a decision and plan out its execution. Do not brace yourself against divine redirection. Rather, rejoice in it as a singular evidence of God's love, omniscience, and omnipotence. Oh, what a blessing to just rest in him. And if he redirects, you say, okay, hey, this is good. God knows something I don't know. And he's taking care of me. What a good God. We're going to conclude with some practical help uh, for life planning. And uh, again, you can go through a series like this, hear a bunch of good stuff, but if you don't make a plan to implement, it all goes by the wayside. So one of the first things he suggests in the book, and I would definitely echo, is to make sure that you have prioritized 
establish the clear priorities of your life. Establish the clear priorities of your life based on who you are, where God's led you, what he's making you to be. Establish clear priorities in your life. To walk with him, to hear from him, to, to uh, uh, stay on track. We talked about mastering the fundamentals. Well, make some priorities. Make this happen in your life. When are you going to pray? When are you going to talk to the Lord? When are you going to read your Bible? And, and, and how are you going to go about this to make sure that you are prioritizing that which is going to help you in this journey of faith? And then budget your time accordingly. I've got those circles there. I'll explain those in a minute. But establish clear, clear priorities for your life and then budget your time accordingly. There are so many things that end up in our life that were not on our schedule. Now, some things we can't help. And some things came from the Lord, okay? Like God said, you didn't schedule this, but I did. Here you go. So I understand we have to be flexible. We have to be willing to be redirected and, and let God change our schedule and so forth. But there is a balance here between someone who just lets everything and everyone uh, direct their time, how, how they spend their time. And I don't believe God is in that. The Bible gives us a command to steward the time, a redeem, to redeem the time because the days are evil. And so you know what your mission is. Not, not everybody else. You know what you have to do. You know what you're called to do as a parent, as a spouse, as an employee or employer. You know what your responsibilities are and you know how much time you have. You've got to budget that time and make sure that you stay on track. You can't look at the Lord one day and say, well, Lord, I just didn't have time. No, we all have the same amount of time. And if we're not careful and proactive, we will lose time. So take control of your life so you are in the center of that circle all right the little dot that's you and every circle that gets broader those are all the the things in your sphere of life that you can touch and uh, the further out it goes the the harder it is for you to touch but you can touch it um, the further out you go in those rings uh, the space gets bigger too right it's a lot more out there. It's a lot harder to, 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 to work in that outer ring. And you can get really, really burned out. So here's what I'm trying to say. You cannot do everything. You cannot go everywhere. You cannot help everyone. But you are first and foremost responsible to handle the responsibilities that God has put in your closest circle first. The, the closest circle is the one that's blue. I think it's blue. And that's you. If you don't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. If you are not feeding your soul, how are you going to feed the souls of your kids? How are you going to feed anybody else's soul that you're trying to minister to? As so many of us, uh, you know, we, we think that if we're going to be a good Christian, we just have to be available to everybody all the time and just serve, 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 serve. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I want you guys to serve. <laughs> I think it's great. We need servants. But I have to help us too. You are servants. And so you need protection. You can't just serve everywhere all the time without taking care of yourself, your kids, your spouse, your house, and then moving out from there. Um, you know, we, I, we always use this illustration, but 
when you go on a plane, they tell you about the seat buckle and they tell you about the, the air, what you, oxygen thing that comes out. They always say, in the event that you have to put on your oxygen, put on yours first, then help your kid. Well, how selfish. How terrible for me to put on mine first. No, you can't help him if you're passing out. That's the point. You put your mask on first, you make sure you're breathing, then you help the kid over here, you help the kid over there, the, the person in front, the person behind, and you start working out on your circles. That is not just on the airplane, folks. That's church. That's ministry. That's daily life. Uh, and, and so many of us are frustrated about not having time to do God's will. Or our lives are so cluttered, we can't figure out what's God's will and what's, what's not God's will. Scale it back to the basics and make sure you are taking time to establish clear priorities, budgeting your time accordingly, going circle by circle. Circle by circle. Taking control of your life. If you don't take control of your life, somebody else will. For some, it'll be the kids. Some moms and dads don't take control of their life and the kids take control of their life. Well, God didn't call the kids to lead the home. God called the parents to lead the home. Well, we just don't have enough time to do the will of God. You know, we, we can't, uh, we, there's so many things we want to do. We want to volunteer at church. We'd like, well, we'd like to be at church, you know. Uh, we'd like to do different things in the community and so much we want to do with our neighbors. We just can't do anything because we don't know what we're doing. We're all over the place. Get control of your life. Hone back in on who are you, what's God called you to do, what are your responsibilities. Make priorities off of those responsibilities. Budget your time accordingly and take back control and then work your way out from those circles as you're able. If you don't do this, uh, it leads to frustration. I have lived with this obligation to extend myself so many circles out. And you're just beat up all the time, frustrated all the time, behind all the time. You never get anywhere on time. You never get anywhere prepared. You never seem like you're helping anybody in any of the circles. You're just kind of bumping through the circles, the rings of the circle. And it's frustrating. We're stretched too thin. Uh, again, we, 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 we wonder why we can't find the way, and it's because the way is so cluttered. The other thing we need to recognize is this. Um, I'm going to use this phrase. So all these circles, and, and the circles here go way further out than that. And if you think that you and I are living with just that many circles, no, no, no. We've got brrr, rings upon rings upon rings where we're trying to reach out to and do all these things. You know what we need to do? Here's the phrase. We've got to teach people to Google. Now, let me, let me tell you what I mean by this, all right? Just that's the phrase. Now, I'll explain it. I used to call my friend evangelist Bob Bosler, Every day, he would call me or I'd call him. I was leading a team doing the Cola Clash, uh, Pepsi versus Coke, big ball, the whole nine yards, like camp on wheels. We'd go around, and he was leading the same team. He called his the war, Army versus Navy. And you go into a community, you put up all of the equipment, blow up the huge four-foot ball, and the teens would come, and we'd feed them and play games and preach the gospel and then move on to the next town in about a week. So he and I would call each other pretty much every day to talk about How's things going? Well, he is also a computer whiz. He's a website whiz. 
He can make beautiful websites. If he wasn't in the ministry full-time, he'd be making money hand over fist with his, his, his websites and all this. He can code and he can do all that. Anyway, uh, he would help me with my website and I would call him to get help on my website. He had his team website. I had my team website. And if I ever couldn't do anything, I'd just call him. And I think it began to get a little bit much. <laughs> he has his own team. He has his own problems. And I'm calling him all the time. Now, he didn't mind calling once a day because we talk about ministry. But this website thing, I, I, eventually he's, he's kind of like, come on, John. And so he says, John, let me teach you how to Google. Now, I, I know how to Google. But when you, when you have Google, why Google? Like, Bob was my Google. And so <laughs> I'd rather talk to Bob than Google it. Uh, Bob's better. And so he says, so he's on the phone, I'm on the phone, and he says, all right, type in, da 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 Hit enter. What comes up? He's like, John, did you know that almost all the time when you call me, I Google it and tell you the results? I'm like, no way, you're Googling it? He's like, yes, you could do this too. Uh, a lot of stuff he wasn't Googling, you know. But uh, I, I, that was really good for me. That was really good to, to, to recognize, hey, you know, I am, I'm taking more of his time than is necessary. I don't want to do that to him. He's got stuff to do. He's got a team. He's doing the same thing I'm doing over here. And uh, uh, hey, I learned to Google. Um, and you know what? I was actually better for it because since that time, I, I was, I was uh, watching a YouTube video this, this week and preparing for some stuff, and there was a word I didn't understand. Hey, I learned to Google. Hey, I understand the word in five seconds flat. There we go. Uh, you know, we, we need to help people get more independent and, and, and uh, be able, I'll, I'll put it this way, rather than Google, we need to get them to Jesus, okay? Help people learn how to get to the Word, get to Jesus. Otherwise, we're running around through these rings, barely touching anybody, tripping over others, and feeling guilty at the end of the day because we helped a million people, but we feel like we didn't really help anybody but if we could, every time we get with somebody, make it count and teach them how to, here it is, how to Google. Only it's not Google. It's how to search the Word of God, how to find answers, how to pray. Here's what I do when I don't know what to do. Here's how you find that in the Scripture. Hey, let me help you with getting a Bible app on your phone with a great search feature. And you can search and look up things, and man, you're going to be great. Uh, you know, we are either training people to depend on us, which sets them up for disappointment, and it sets us up for failure, or we're training people to get to the Lord. And let me teach you how to, to ride this bike without the training wheels. Let me show you how you can do this. Now, I'm going to be gone for a while. You got it? Okay. I will not see you tomorrow. You got it? Okay. Uh, we'll touch base, praying for you. Now, I'm not saying that we have distant lives from everybody and, and we're disconnected from everybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this. A lot of you, our lives, I look at you guys, I know you are busy people. And we get overextended so, so quickly. 
We've got all of our kids. We've got all the stuff. People we're trying to disciple. People we're trying to mentor. People we're trying to help in church and, and ministries. And the, the main thing we need to help people with is how to get to Jesus through His Word. God-given responsibilities can be arranged in a way so that they're doable. In college, one of my teachers used to say, duties never conflict. I wanted to, I won't say what I wanted to do. I, I did not agree. I was like, uh, I have duties that conflict all day long. I'm a college student. I'm signed up for too much stuff. I, I signed up for two classes in the same hour. You know, it's like, how did this happen? Uh, duties never conflict, and I, I'm a bus captain, and I'm in choir. How do I do bus captain and choir when the bus is out with the kids and choir practice has started? My duties conflict all the time. I was frustrated, and I found that though they do overlap and they do get all mixed up, if God is in it, there is a way to rearrange them in a way that is doable, God-honoring, and does not drain you of all of your energy. It takes more time. It takes more planning. You've got to be more purposeful. But I can attest with some time and some purposeful uh, uh, prioritizing and so forth, you can rearrange duties in a way that is workable. And I'll tell you this, sometimes you end up rearranging them and some things you find, I don't know that this was God. Scratch it. Some things get cut. Sometimes we think all of our duties are from God and sometimes they're not all from God. Some of them are duties that we have put on ourselves for just guilt or let somebody else guilt us into doing something. We've got to be willing to, uh, as I've said, take control of your life and guard your energy. If you don't have energy, you can't do what God's asked you to do. I was reading a book, and the, the main premise of the book was uh, you don't need more time. You need more energy. There's so many things that are just leaking all the energy out of you and so then the time you do have is not well spent and your focus is, is, is lost and your, your, your health goes, your strength goes. We've got to guard our energy. And so one practical, we're getting practical here, practical here, right? One practical way to do all of this and to manage these rings of life, to make sure you're staying on point, to plan your life God's way and to lead your family God's way, you've got to be honest with one another, which is hard to do. Hey, can you do this for me? Wednesday night after church? Right, 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 right. You're like, oh, I know what answer they want. They, they want me to say yes. That was the little right, 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 right. That little subtle hint means just say yes or whatever. Ah, uh, but I can't do that. I've got a, a paper due. I'm going to be up till midnight. And then I've got to get up early and blah, 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 blah. We've just got to be honest with one another and just say, hey, you know what? I, I can't do that. I have a paper due. And it's due in the morning. And I'm, I'm going to be up till midnight as it is. Uh, so I am sorry. I would love to do that. Many times we are not honest with one another because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. So this goes two ways. Number one, we all need to be honest. But number two, can we also, if we're on the other end of it, can we receive the honesty 
without getting offended. We're just getting practical here. I asked them to do that after Wednesday night church and they have a paper or whatever, you know. Hey, let's, let's just let folks, we don't, want them, we don't want people to control our lives. Let's not control somebody else's life. Uh, let's trust that they're doing what God wants them to do and that they have a heart to serve. They would do it if they could. Uh, but we're going to guard our energy. We're going to guard our priorities and make sure that we are staying on track. And if we can do this, I think it'll help each other and it'll help us to be able to do our God-given responsibilities and priorities, which sets us up to be in a better place when the big decisions come. Better place of heart and mind and energy and so forth. Okay, uh, Proverbs 4.26, we'll close with this. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Take time to ponder where you're going. Take time to ponder your path, what you're doing. Don't just, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, of this message, uh, don't just leave it to guesswork. Let's master the fundamentals, getting in the Word, and then taking control of our time, our priorities, and, and uh, our energy so that we can keep our lives focused on this journey of faith. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time. And I pray that you would help us now as, as we have looked at this book to apply it. Lord, it has been a good book. It's been a good series and it's a very needed topic. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to uh, look to you for your guidance and direction in the days ahead. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.